Hey, this is Michael Block, and you're listening to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. Before we begin, make sure you visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash theaterinthenow. By becoming a patron, you'll receive patron-only perks, including ticket discounts and exclusive content. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Theater in the Now, and visit theaterinthenow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. We are here today with Maria Dakotis to talk about her show, Unfaced. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? So for those listening, we are recording on Valentine's Day. And I don't know about you, but I have no plans tonight because I don't have a Valentine. Do you have any plans? I do. I think I'm going to oh. go have dinner. Well, lucky yes. you. Do you know where you're going? Um, No, I don't. Yeah, I don't know yet. So. Surprise. That's fun. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so we're going to talk today about a lot of things, but mostly your solo show that is going to be part of Winterfest. Yes. Um, so let, let before we go dive deep into what the show's about, give us like a quick blurb and uh, the info where they can learn all about it. Sure. So um, about the show, it's about a flight attendant who's dealing with depression and she travels around the world and meets all these different characters but the play is very it's absurd it's surreal so it doesn't really take place in real time and things come out of nowhere and you basically piece together this story as it goes along um yeah it's going to be at the new york winterfest and uh, you can find all the information on their website if you just type in unfaced um at the festival website and you can find everything there about when and where to see it perfect so we'll, we'll jump into that in a minute but let's let's learn a little bit about you so where are you from um i'm originally from fayetteville georgia all right um it's about 30 minutes south of atlanta uh yeah so i'm a southern girl <laughs> and how did you as a southern girl get into theater um well i always wanted to do theater like when I was a little kid, like, I would do, like, theater summer camps and stuff, and I knew it was something that I always wanted to do, and then I started doing community theater when I was in, like, middle school. It was mostly musicals. Kids like, I mean, people like for kids to do musicals, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did a lot of musicals in, like, middle school and high school, um, and I actually didn't, when I first went to college, I didn't go to college for acting. I went to school for one year at Georgia Tech for mechanical engineering in Atlanta. And then I realized I didn't want to do that and that I wanted to be an actor. So then I went to Boston University after that. And we both went to the same school, but we never overlapped because yeah. I'm old. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so let's let, talk about your experience at BU. What yeah. was it like? Um, BU is amazing. It's an amazing program. Um, You know, at the time when I was auditioning for theater schools and stuff, I I didn't really understand, like, you know, you can sort of understand the differences in the structure of the programs, but you don't really truly understand it until you go to a place and study and you you understand how you're going to learn this craft and exercise it. And I think what's really special about BU is that you get such an array of, like, teachers and techniques from all different backgrounds and you get to make your own experience, your own technique, how you approach your work. And they don't, 
just like create actors. I really do feel like BU creates storytellers, artists, writers, like yeah, absolutely well-rounded actors who can go out and fend for themselves in a way that they're not just relying on someone to give them an audition or an opportunity, but like almost all the people I know from BU, like you definitely included, make their own opportunities. And Absolutely. Like are constantly creating new work. So. And how did you find that the um, conservatory program helped that as an artist? I think um, being like fully immersed in this, you you really, you can't escape it. It's like you kind of know whether or not you love it enough absolutely to keep doing it if you can get up every single day and do it from like sun up to sundown and you're still and you still want to do it the next day then you know you're able to be an artist because if you if you can't like completely give yourself over to it it's you won't like sustain the lifestyle Absol- of an artist oh, that's, that's so true yeah um yeah, so for those who don't know, with BU, it's a conser- conservatory program where all you're doing is theater, but you occasionally have to, like, once a semester take a random class for other to, fill, to fulfill other requirements. So, like, for me, the most random class I ever took was um, this class called Food and Culture, where literally my term paper was on the history of cheese, <laughs> and we went on field trips to places around Boston and amazing. ate food. Yeah, it was a great class. Uh, what was the craziest class you took that was not theater? Um, it's funny because because I transferred, I actually didn't have to take that many. Oh, you lucky duck. Because I already had like, right. a year of classes. Um, I mean, I took philosophy when I was when I studied abroad with BU, and I really loved that class. But, uh, yeah, but I, I took, like... I mean, a lot of calculus and physics and chemistry right. <laughs> when I was at Georgia Tech. So I really, um, I mean, I would say, I guess I would say my philosophy, my philosophy class nice. that I took, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your journey to New York. What um, drove you to come to New York as opposed to any other city um, yeah. in the world? Yeah, um, I think a big part of wanting to come to New York for me was... Uh, the improv comedy scene because I was in um, SpawnCom, which is the improv group Mm -hmm. at the school theater improv group at BU. And uh, while I was in SpawnCom, Ben Stanton, who was on my team with me, he like introduced us to the UCB comedy stuff. And we started studying that and doing more of that because we were all student run. So we didn't have like an advisor teaching us a certain type of improv and I just I felt like improv like really freed me as an actor on stage and and really opened me to the kind of acting and art that I want to do and I I love comedy and I love playing characters and um, so I really wanted to study at the Upright Citizens Brigade so that was like one of the main reasons I wanted to come to New York I also think New York is just so magical because there's literally everything you could ever want to do as as an actor, as an artist, or as, like, any other profession. Sure. Or as a musician. Yeah. As a musician, like, you can find... There's, there's like, some wild specific niche for everyone, and you can definitely find it here. And that's really exciting to me. And what has life been like since moving to New York? Ooh. <laughs> Loaded question. Yeah. I guess I've been here about a year and a half. Um... 
it's it's very jarring when you first come or when I first came here because I just didn't realize I was like oh Boston's a big city you know <laughs> when we lived in Boston and then I came here and I was like oh my god Boston is a town yes it is and I think honestly just adapting because it's a big transition you're coming out of college anyway to just like be a person in the world and then you're also coming to this huge city where there's a like billion other people trying to do the same thing you are so I think just like adapting to being an adult in the city was right. really difficult because I don't know I feel like it would be easier anywhere else in the world that transition from like college to sure. just being a person in the world and having a job and making money and paying your bills and and then also pursuing your creative life so so let's talk yeah. a little bit about Unfazed. So you gave us a little uh, description about what the show's about, but what made you write it? Um, I was really inspired um, from my trip abroad, because uh, at BU, we go abroad our junior year. Um, I studied Commedia dell'arte in Italy, and um, I wasn't, it, it's not really just inspired by my time in Italy, but when I traveled around Europe and I made a lot of strange and odd connections with people either sitting next to someone on the plane or meeting someone at an open mic in Paris or just all over and um, I was just very inspired by hearing people's stories who are wildly different from me and um, I think there's something about just being a person, being human, and wanting to connect with other people, that you're searching for other people, but you're also searching for yourself. And I think when you meet people, you take things away from them that become a part of you, a part of your personality, and and then you take those and you spread that around, and we all just, it's like an incest pool of, yeah. of ideas and stories, and it, and it makes you see the world from as many perspectives as the people you encounter. That's great. So as you met all these people, these interesting, fascinating people, did you have like a notebook with you to like write down notes or did you like have to keep mental notes and then go home and be like, okay, this person is such such a character for something sometime? Yeah, I think uh, as I was experiencing it, I wasn't really aware that I would put them in a play later or something. But I've definitely have always been the kind of person that like keeps a diary and, and a journal. And so uh, when I would interact with people, if they said something that moved me or inspired me, I would definitely write it down. And, and um, like all of the people portrayed in my play are all, I mean, real people that I've met. Some of it is, you know, fiction that I've sure, infused, sure. of course. But yeah, um, I definitely went home and like wrote down things that people said that struck me and then only later when I had the idea to put all these stories together was I was like oh I'm so glad I wrote (laughs) this down and some of it I I didn't write down some of it was just things that I remember that's great yeah so I have a question from one of our patrons Antonio his question is what's the most challenging thing about performing your own material that's a really good question um, I think this is one thing uh, my director and I, Ben Stan and I, uh, were talking about because he actually is much more than a director. He was 
my writing advisor. Like, I came to him with this play after I got accepted in the United Solo mm-hmm. Festival. And I was like, you know, I want to do this play, but I just, it's not finished. I, I, it, ne- it needs, like, a lot of work. And I, I want you to direct it, but I also want you to, like, help me change it and make it ready to per- be performed. And so we would meet, and he'd give me notes, and I'd write and come back with new drafts and stuff. And I think the hardest part is when you when you're like, oh, okay, I have to do this play now. I can't change it anymore. I have to memorize it. I have to just do all the fundamental things you have to do to do a play. <laughs> and then you start doing it, and you're like, oh, maybe I should have written it like this. Like, I think it's hard to, because to, you want to be the writer and the actor at the same time. Absolutely. So you want to, like, go back and change something you wrote, but but at the same time, you have to look at it from an outside perspective, not not being the actor you have to look at it from uh from like if you're in the audience sure and it's did you ever bring somebody in to just cold read it for you so you could hear it well i read it aloud because i started working on it when i was at bu my senior year when i was putting together my acting thesis sure and so i had read it aloud when it was still like a baby play just like bare bones with um, my colleagues at BU. Um, but then after that, uh, it was basically Ben and I would read it aloud together sometimes. Cool. Yeah. So you were able to hear it through another voice. Yeah, and I think going back, I would have liked to do that more. Sure. I think well, it would have helped me more. You can do it for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> so are, have you written um, plays not necessarily for yourself as solo works, but ensemble plays or plays for other people? Um, I have written a few short plays that were produced in New York um, like within the past few years uh, for one of them was for like four people and then the other one was just like a two-person play. Um, I didn't act or do anything in either of them actually. I had other people direct them and act them. I didn't even, oh I saw one of them. (laughs) The other one I couldn't see so it was just, yeah. and as a writer, do you have a preference of writing solo work or more ensemble-based work? Um, I think it's definitely easier for me to write solo work because I know my own capabilities. I know my own interests. I know who, like, what kind of characters I would like to play sure. and what kind of experience that I can bring to the work. Um, but I do like writing ensemble pieces, too. Uh, it's Also, I feel when I write solo work, it's more likely to happen to Absolutely. be produced because I can do it myself and uh, I'm of I feel like I'm a really go getter kind of person. But um, yeah, but I like writing other stuff too. That's great. How do you find inspiration in the city as an artist? It's kind of like how do you not find it? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> because it's everywhere. I think there's just so many people piled on top of each other that no matter where you go you're going to see some kind of drama unfolding. Right. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, I think, for me, I, it's just all about, like, intimate connections with people. Um, I really like being one-on-one with people. It, it's, I feel much more comfortable talking to someone one-on-one than right. I do, like, surrounded by a bunch of people. Because it's harder for me to, like, make the connection. Sure, sure. You know? And uh, I think just the more that 
I surround myself with people uh, who aren't like me and have conversations about their experience, the more I'm inspired to learn more about that person or their culture or where they come from and and then want to investigate that and create something based on their story or create something with them or it's awesome how do you stay theatrically active um i'd say i do i try to write every week at least try to write um a character Mm -hmm. or work on a piece that i've been writing um because even if i'm not performing i always want to be working on something that uh, i can have a future with Mm -hmm. how important is it to find and have an artistic community you mentioned like still working and collaborating with bu colleagues and peers why do you find that really important in the city um, yeah, I think it's incredibly important. I feel so lucky to have that community. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've reached out to people from the BU community to collaborate with on something or to ask advice or to help me get something on its feet or produced or direct something. Um, I feel like most of the things I've worked on since I've been here have been with people from BU. That's then great. I also have like my UCB community and like the improv community is so important to me too that um, it's just having a network of people so much easier than like doing everything yourself right. and you can't do anything yourself and anyway. soon the networks will start to intertwine and then yes. it just grows bigger and bigger and by the time you're my age you have a lot of theatrical colleagues and it's awesome yeah you have like a far reaching network exactly. I'm sure yeah. um, I'm going to ask a pretty loaded big question Okay, I'm scared. <laughs> where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, in five years, where do I see myself? Um, that's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard because life is so unpredictable, you know? And that's I can the beauty s- of it. I have, like, goals in mind um, for where I'd like to be. I'd like to not be a waitress in five years, that's for sure. <laughs> that that would be a good one. Um, Where do you currently work? Um, I'm a waitress at um, Peace Food Cafe. Nice. Yeah, it's a big mention. But I, I, I just, in five years, I'd like to keep performing. I'd just like to not stop performing and writing. I just don't want to lose um, my fire for this. Sure. You know, I don't want it to disappear. I just want to be doing it in That's some great. capacity. Do you have any dream projects on your mind? Well, um, it's funny that you mentioned like ensemble pieces because I've been writing. I wrote this feature film, and I'm in this like writers group with someone from BU, <laughs> and so we meet um, every couple weeks and read each other's work and give each other feedback and stuff. And I've been working on this this film for a while, and I'd really like to get the script solidified and make something happen with it. Um, so what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, well, any dream projects. It so this like, is like, that's, kind of, yes, that's this great. is kind of a dream project for me. Um, yeah, I, I'd really like to produce this film. And is this something that you would be in as well? Or you just want to be the writer? 
There's not really a part for me in it. I could... See, I find that so amazing that you're going to write something that you're not actually going to be putting yourself in. Yeah, I yeah. There's not really a role for me in it, so I I would love to just be the writer. I appreciate that Or maybe that a direct. Lot. I'm not sure. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, well, with film, it's that weird thing where like the writing directing thing works, mm-hmm. but on stage, like you want to make it two different people. It, it's just easier that way. Yeah, yeah. It's some sort of collaboration. That works better on stage. Yeah. So you you mentioned that you uh, have a background at UCB. Uh, do you have any female favorite female comedians? Yes. <laughs> um, I love Mindy Kaling. I think she's amazing. Um, I uh, I also love um, Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen the yes, she's, Sean Spicer sketches. Yeah, she's great. I also just find Melissa McCarthy so inspiring, too, because she got nominated for an Oscar for her role in uh, Bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was a completely comedic role. And, like, right. comedic roles, like, never get nominated for Oscars because it's, it's, like, something like drama is harder or yeah. better. Or right. Th- people think that for some reason. Comedy is... It's hard. Comedy is incredibly difficult. It's very it's, hard. Yeah, and... So, because not everybody's funny. <laughs> no, and and at the same time, she was just playing that character as true as she knew how, which sure. is what any other dramatic. Have you seen? Actor have, do you do. watch any of her other, um, I guess, starring vehicle movies? Um, I I I haven't seen like the fu- What's that one called? The which fuzz? one? The boss? Oh no! The uh, hot? Uh, yeah, the fuzz. I think that's something like that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was all right. It was not bad. Um, I just I just watched The Boss uh, last week, and I was like, okay. That's the one that good. she wrote with her husband. Yeah, right? yeah. I didn't I didn't see that one. It's pretty good. I, I think it's on HBO it. Go. Yeah, it's a it's a good watch. Um, anyone else? Anyone else you um, admire? Well, actually, one of my teachers at UCB. Um, she, I, I admire her a lot. I took a class with her. I've taken a few classes with her. Um, her name's Keisha Zoller. Mm-hmm. And she did this one um, improv class called um, Improv for Social Justice. And it wasn't, it was more, it, it wasn't like, we're going to solve all the world's problems with improv, <laughs> which she didn't want it to be. She right. was just more like, because things come up in improv that can be really weird and offensive, and no one wants to be on stage in the scene. <laughs> right. Everyone's like, "Ee!" And you're like, "This is just like deal with it, how how you would deal with it in mm-hmm. real life. Like, call someone out." And we just had all these great conversations about um, portraying like people of disabilities, or you know, just like being in a scene and if getting stuck. If you're like labeled with something sure. weird, <laughs> and it was just amazing. I think everyone should take that class, like every improviser, uh, because it doesn't have to be weird. Right. You just have to call call things out and make them known how you feel about them, and yeah, That's and so great. I admire her a lot. So you are also a musician. Yes. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um. So. I write music and I play the ukulele, and I actually just recorded an EP. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's gonna be coming out 
soon, and I'm going back. It's and... gonna be like a surprise drop, like Beyonce. Oh yeah, <laughs> a surprise <laughs> drop. No one will see it coming. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm gonna record. Um, I'm trying to finish a whole album, basically. So I'm recording. There's five songs on that EP, and I'm about to record five more. Nice. Five songs. Yeah. And do you have any musical inspirations? Anyone that influences you as a songwriter? Yeah. Um, I really like Laura Marling. Um, I think she just has this very... She's like this tiny little blonde girl with like a... Like when she speaks, it's so soft and she's uh-huh. British and it's so sweet. But she sings and she has this like deep like darkness in her voice and in, in her songs. They're very like dark and huge they just feel like they fill any room that you're in and I really like like her for that because I feel like my my music can be kind of it sounds sweet because it's on the ukulele sure but I feel like it can kind of come from like a darker place um where is your favorite dive bar to perform in my favorite dive bar um I performed at the Bowery Electric a few times. It's not so much a dive bar. Sure. But I really liked it there. Um, it had a really good energy. Um, yeah. Nice. <laughs> so I'm going to like turn it... We're going to have some little fun questions and turn it back okay. into Unfaced. If you could travel anywhere you've yet to go, where would it be? Oh. <laughs> so, so many options. Um... Let me think. Where do I want to go? I think I'd really like to go to India. Nice. Yeah. That's a good option. Yeah. Where is your go-to New York hangout? Um... Honestly, probably UCB. <laughs> That's a great place. I'm there all the time because I take classes there. I like see a lot of shows with my friends. Um, yeah, it's usually nice. UCB. <laughs> um, so we're going to move into something I call the Pop 5 Rapid Fire. So I'm going to give you five oh, no. like pop culture <laughs> or relevant things, and you're going to okay. say like the first thing that comes to mind, either a word or a phrase or whatever, and then you can elaborate on it. But you ready for it? Okay, yeah. All right, the first one, the Grammys. Um, Adele. Yeah, are you? So, what did you think? Did, did, did should she should she have won? Uh, should Beyonce have won? I yes, absolutely. I think Beyonce should have won, <laughs> and I think Adele is like superwoman for like breaking her Grammy in half. That's great. Yeah. All right, number two is Boston. Uh, <laughs> um, the Affleck brothers. All right. Did you uh, watch Manchester by the Sea? I didn't. I haven't seen it either. I'm not a huge movie person. Oh, you're more of a theater guy. I'm a, well, theater and TV mostly. Mm-hmm. Mostly for me, it's reality TV, which brings me to number three, The Bachelor. Clueless. No, you don't watch it at all? No, like, have hard, maybe seen one episode in my life. I never... Mm-hmm. I really have no idea what goes on in the in the voucher. All yeah. I know are rose ceremonies. <laughs> People love to talk about those. Um, I've seen like parodies of it, but I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah, watch it. Yeah, I, I don't watch it. I I hear about it all the time, and I know apparently there's a girl on it this season named Corinne who has like a nanny at 24 mm-hmm. years old, 
And I'm like, I wish I had a nanny too. <laughs> Wait, she has a nanny for her child? No, no, for herself. As a 24-year-old. Yes. What? <laughs> right? What? I think that's like a personal oh assistant or I don't know. It's all very weird. I don't know how much I believe that it's actually real and not like yeah. made for TV. But um, <laughs> Speaking of roses, Valentine's Day. Um... Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a huge Valentine's Day. I don't know. I guess. Um, I don't. Every day I, is I feel Valentine's like I don't really Day. need it. Sure. You know. I feel like it's it's just like one of those things to like remind people to be thankful for who they have. But I feel like you should just be thankful whenever, all the time. I agree. That's a, that's a Randomly. good statement. Uh, and our last pop, pop five rapid fire is Saturday Night Live. Um, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> you like Kate McKinnon doing it? Yes, she's yeah, she's amazing. She's quite fierce. So what we do on the podcast is I have the previous guest ask a question question to the next guest. Oh, cool. So I have a question from my dear friend Ryan McCurdy. His question for you is: Do you have a moment in your life where everything before was before and everything after was after? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, do you want to elaborate? Uh, if you'd like. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I hope that person doesn't mind. <laughs> I'm sure. But yeah, I do. Nice. So now it's your turn to ask a question to our next guest. And it can be any question you want. Do we know who the guest is, what they're working on yet? Or you don't I like to yet? keep it a secret. Okay. Um... They're a theater maker? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. This is so hard. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's what's fun. It's like you can ask literally any question that you want. Yeah. Hmm. What advice? would you give um, your younger self? All right. Let's go with that one. So where can we find you on social media? Um, so you can find me on Facebook under my name. Um, I also have an Instagram. It's called Spread Your Wigs. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I have a website. It's just myname.com, mariadakotas.com. And... Uh, I have a couple listings for my show right now. I have one on Broadway World and one on Time Out New York. That's so. awesome. And do you have any other social media for the show? Um, I do have a Facebook page for the show. Um, so it's just Unfaced on Facebook. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so if you have gotten this far into the podcast and you want to let us know, make sure you use hashtag not be a waitress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and Unfaced will be at the Hudson Guild Theater on Monday, February 27th at 6.15. Friday, March 3rd at 9 o'clock, and Sunday, March 5th at 3.30. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And make sure you go check out on Faced. Thanks once again to Maria for joining me. Don't forget to visit patreon.com slash theaterinthenow and become a patron today. If you have any questions or comments, head over to Theater in the Now and drop me a line in the question link. I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Block Talk.